Welcome to today's issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Welcome to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. My name is Walker Wildman. I'm sitting in for my dad, Tim Wildman, and also sitting in for Ed Vitagliano. Ray Pritchard, our usual co-host for Tuesdays and Thursdays, is in with me. Ray, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, uh, Walker. Good to be here. Chris Woodward is back with us today yes. in for Fred Jackson. I'm filling in for my Canadian boss, Fred Jackson, who is a big hockey fan. If I don't mention that, we'll get into a real Donnybrook. <laughs> <laughs> so with the exception of... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, well, this was a joke that's already gone south, and I haven't even said it yet. But I was going to make a B-team joke about how we're the B-team. <laughs> uh, but then, I, then I'm then i taking a shot at, at Ray and myself. So uh, we, <laughs> we don't, okay. don't want to do that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yesterday, Ray, uh, and you knew this because you and I were texting back and forth, but we, for those who are in radio land who listen every day to today's issues, yesterday we, we tried a new some new equipment. Uh, one of the new pieces of equipment we're trying here in studio is a new headset, uh, which is very comfortable. Mm-hmm. But yesterday we had some technical issues. So yesterday, if you were listening and you thought, man, Walker is really babbling, he's not making any sense, it was because I was hearing all kind of stuff in my ear as I was talking. <laughs> so, that's right. It's the equipment. I mean, that's yeah. it. <laughs> so Ray helped us carry mm-hmm. through the show. Chris, Chris's equipment was working fine, so I'm glad it was just me. Um, but anyway, if, if yesterday uh, I seemed a little off, it was uh, because uh, it, I was off. I was off um, because of my equipment. But we're back. We're back rolling now. Everything sounds great. So glad to have you with us. Don't forget to check out our website, AFR.net. AFR.net is where we are on the Internet. And we also have the app, the AFR app on your smartphone, on your tablet device. Just go there to your app store, type in AFR. And you can download it there just in a few minutes, and it's free for you to listen and uh, listen to today's issues and all other shows that you hear on American Family Radio. Chris, what do you got in the news? Well, big story. Everybody and their brothers talking about it. Uh, you got jury deliberations up in the Minneapolis area in the trial of former police officer Derek Chauvin. He's the man that prosecutors say caused the death of George Floyd last year during an arrest. Uh, Chauvin is charged with second- and third-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter. Prosecutors say Mr. Chauvin knelt on George Floyd's neck during the arrest uh, and caused him problems breathing and and contributed to his death uh, in that regard. Um, Now, Chauvin's defense attorneys, as we talked about yesterday, say that Floyd had been on drugs and he had some other uh, health issues going on there, and uh, Mr. Chauvin did nothing wrong, according to his defense attorneys. Uh, but jury deliberations are taking place today. We could see a verdict uh, as early as this week. I've seen various news outlets talk about how um, we might actually see a decision from the jury at some point uh, by the end of the week, if not earlier. And, of course, one of the things that has been talked about a lot over the last 24 to 36 hours are these controversial comments from Congresswoman Maxine Waters, a Democrat from California, who went to the Minneapolis area over the weekend and told uh, protesters there to be more confrontational. And I want to bring that audio back in, and then we'll go from there. Clip 12, Brent. Not just manslaughter, right? I mean... Oh, no, not manslaughter. No, no, no. This is, this is guilty for murder. I don't know whether it's in the first degree, but as far as I'm concerned, it's first degree. It's coming from what happens if we do not get, get what you just told? What should the people do? What should protesters on the street do? 
I didn't hear you. What happens? What should protesters do? Well, we, we got to stay on the street. Uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they, they know that we need business. Now, Mr. Chauvin's attorney, uh, Eric Nelson is his name, he brought up Maxine Waters' comments yesterday to the judge during closing arguments. And uh, Judge Peter Cahill did say that uh, the comments from Waters could be grounds for overturning the whole trial. Clip one. Now that we have U.S. representatives uh, threatening acts of, of, uh, of violence in relation to this specific case, uh, it's, it's mind-boggling to me, Judge. Well, I'll give you that Congresswoman Waters may have given you something on appeal that may result in this whole trial being overturned. But what's the state's position? Now, I have more sound here, but let's stop there just to get reaction beginning with uh, Walker there. Yeah, this is, uh, Ray, I, I don't think mm -hmm. I've seen anything like this in a long time. You know, you have, uh, for those who don't know, and I, I'm not an expert, but just from, from what I'm reading, the public officials weighing in on active trials is pretty much off limits. It's really it's it's especially not advised because the jury is supposed to be able to make a decision based on the law and based on the defense and the prosecutor making their case. Uh, but here you have Maxine Waters actually visiting the city where this is taking place, uh, saying that 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 we should talking about the protesters, w which might soon become rioters. They should stay in the streets. They should, they should not let up. Uh, they should basically remain violent until uh, their message is delivered. Uh, Ray, this is a huge, a huge deal when it comes to this prosecution. Well, number one, in that clip that we just played, she didn't just call for all things that you said. She called for action in the streets, increase the pressure. She actually d differentiated uh, among the different charges that are before the jury at this moment. She said, no, it's not manslaughter. Very clearly. No, it's not manslaughter. She said, it's murder. Mm -hmm. Then she even said, I don't know about first degree or second degree, but in my mind, it's first degree murder. I cannot remember when a Congress man or Congresswoman, anybody in Congress has ever come out and been that bold during and during a murder trial, which is essentially what this is. So this is not just an incitement to riot. This is an unconstitutional breach of the wall between the different branches of government. Yeah. She should be punished for this, but unfortunately, guys, I think she's going to get away with it. Yeah. I don't even think she's going to get a slap on the hand for this. It does not appear to be so. There is a story. Fox News had this, and I'm sure other news outlets as well, maybe Newsmax. But uh, Speaker Pelosi says Waters should not apologize for her confrontational remark, claims that she was not inciting violence. You know, the, this, this, the, the Democrat Party is increasingly becoming lawless, and they have no regard for the rule of law. And, you know, this furthers the point we discussed yesterday in that the Democrats seem, their actions prove that they are not really interested in, in conflict resolution. They're not interested in, they're not just interested in this officer being prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law based on his actions. They want more than that. They want the cities to burn. And what's appalling is these are, these are much, many of these cities uh, are, are minority the minorities uh is the majority mm -hmm. i mean these cities are majority right. 
black cities and and and, and it's these are these are minority owned businesses ray that are being destroyed i mean this is this is a travesty and and the democrat party they're like cheering on the anarchists look i think i think the riots are going to happen no matter what no matter what the jury does i mean it'll be the very worst if he gets acquitted right if there's no guilty but i mean there's with, with the three charges a variety of ways this could come down mm-hmm. there's no question in my mind there's going to be terrible rioting there's going to be more black owned businesses destroyed burned looted not just in minneapolis but what's going to happen in chicago what's going to happen in detroit what's going to happen in los angeles san francisco uh, what's going to happen in philadelphia yeah. we're going to see uh, great american cities to a large extent go up in flames no matter what happens and i think that's what's got the whole country on edge right now it's just shocking to me that pelosi and nobody in democrat leadership will come out and condemn Maxine Waters or even say anything negative about yeah. what she said. One thing that kind of puzzles me about this situation is why is a Democrat from California going to Minnesota to, right. to speak out on these right. things? I mean, if you want to do it on social media, that's fine. And certainly you're free to travel well, as an American and all that. Con- it just doesn't seem right. Yeah, Congressman Waters has a history. She has a history of, of inciting violence. And we saw this last year, you know, maybe actually two years ago, but she... I think it was late 2019, early 2020. She, it, no, it was 2019 before COVID. She, Maxine Waters mm-hmm. was, I think she may have been in Florida this time. But anyway, she was talking about how, how Democrat operatives, how Democrat voters in the public, how they need to get in the face of Trump uh, uh, staff members, mm-hmm. of executive branch staff members, how they need to get in their face. Because remember, we had we had the audio. Yeah, yeah. you had Trump. Trump administration officials mm-hmm. couldn't even go to dinner without being harassed. Yeah, uh, la- two years ago, and so she started that, and then now we have this, and there's been incidents in between. Sure, um, you know th- this is this is shocking that that we have elected officials encouraging violence in our streets, uh, and, and the the party leaders Nancy mm-hmm. Pelosi and Chuck Schumer won't even censure Congressman Waters. Yeah. Now, Congresswoman uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, a Republican from Georgia, she has introduced a resolution to expel Representative Waters from Congress. Uh, Representative Greene was a guest yesterday on the Todd Storm Show. Here now is an excerpt from a story I have airing today featuring some of uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's comments, clip two. Democrats kicked me off of my committees along with 11 of my very weak and spineless Republican colleagues um, voted me off of committees for doing absolutely nothing wrong. They can't even file an ethics charge against me as a member of Congress. They were just upset about some comments on social media in the past several years ago that I apologized for. They kicked me off my committees, and then Jimmy Gomez from California introduces a resolution to expel me Again, for no reason. They just don't like me. Green said Waters has definitely acted and behaved unruly. This is a big problem. And so this is a woman that definitely deserves to be expelled. She is a danger to society. And I'm very happy to introduce a resolution to expel Representative Maxine Waters from Congress. Yeah. You know, th- this is this is why many, many voters across the country become cynical, Ray, on and really... <laughs> don't get outraged as much when maybe 
every so often, not very often, a Republican elected official says something out of line, mm-hmm. like maybe Trump did when he was in office, and the left goes ballistic and he should resign and be impeached. But when it when it's their turn, when they're the ones out of line, Ray, there's silence. There there's there's no uh, type of disciplinary action. Well, look, is is Chuck Schumer going to say anything? No, Nancy Pelosi won't say anything. Anybody else in Democrat leadership, either in the House or Senate, are they going to say anything? Is the DNC going to say anything? No. One reason she went to Minneapolis and did what she did is because she knew she could get away with it, and she knew she could get away with it, Walker, Mm -hmm. coming to your point, because she's done this in the past and has walked away scot-free. It's a a shameful thing that she did, shameful thing for a congresswoman to interject herself into that I found it interesting, guys, that the judge, while he wouldn't grant the mistrial, which, you know, that's not surprising, he did openly say she may have given you grounds uh, to get a mistrial on appeal. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to watch. It will. It will. Now, um, somebody that has tried to get ahead of uh, riots and destruction and looting and things like that is Governor Ron DeSantis, Republican from Florida. He has signed a bill into law that would basically crack down on rioting and looting and destruction of property and things like that. It really stiffens the penalties um, for things um, that occur after somebody gets a ruling or incident in which they don't agree. And I do have some sound here as well. Uh, This is Polk County, Florida Sheriff Grady Judd. He was on Fox and Friends today uh, that said that the governor's new anti-riot bill reconfirms the commitment to keep the community safe. Clip three. Governor DeSantis Chris Sprouls, our Speaker of the House, Wilton Simpson, our Senate President, worked together to say, look, protests are fine. Peaceful protests are all right. But rioting, looting, burning mom and pop out, ruining their lives, that's not acceptable. So this is all about keeping the 20 plus million people that live in Florida safe, as well as the millions of people that visit with us every year. Now, in addition to uh, going after folks that do destroy property and and things of that nature, uh, the bill or law actually uh, also goes after cities and counties that don't do anything to protect people and business owners. Um, So it'll be very interesting to see what happens in places like Florida, which did, of course, uh, experience some rioting and looting and things like that after the George Floyd death. What happens now if the ruling does not go the way some people want it to? Yeah, I read some of the bullet points, some of the highlights from this legislation down in Florida, which is which is now law that the governor has signed, and it's it's a very good bill, Ray. And one of the one of the a couple of the highlights, um, it 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 basically enables law enforcement to crack down on anything. Now we're not talking about constitutional free speech mm-hmm. pr- protest where you get a permit. And you have your, you know, you do a march or whatever you want to do. Uh, we're talking about lawlessness here. Uh, this this bill in Florida will enable law enforcement to really prevent the destruction of private property. Well, look what look what happened last year in Portland and in Seattle with the creation of those very to me very strange autonomous zones that mm-hmm. the 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 protesters came in and they just set up their own little community downtown Portland downtown Seattle, uh, I'm really glad Florida passed this law because this law, this law means that's not going to happen in Jacksonville, Orlando, or Miami. Yeah, a couple of the highlights I mentioned, I'm reading from a Fox News article here, but one of them that really is going to 
help this situation is the law, um, let's see, it blocks, it allows authorities to hold arrested demonstrators who have broken the law for various reasons. It allows uh, uh, authorities to hold them and keep them from posting bail until after their first court date. And I think that's what that's one of the key problems. If you talk to law enforcement and, and people who are uh, prosecutors, what's going on in Oregon mm-hmm. and other places in California is these these criminals are being arrested, and then the same day they're being released, they're posting bond or bail. Uh, New York has the same problem, where you have a criminal who breaks the law, and then they're out the next day. Do, they're doing the same activity, mm-hmm. breaking the law again. Well, that, in in some cases, Walker, they're out in ninety minutes. Yes, they're out in two hours. They're not even spending a night in jail. Exactly. So the the, the price for being arrested is not very high. Florida has just said, if we arrest you during a riot, during for breaking the law, you're going to stay in jail for a while. Yes, exactly, which, which, which will minimize mm-hmm. future incidents. You know, I want to go back to something Walker said kind of at the beginning of this particular discussion. This is not, uh, we're not talking about cracking down on constitutional liberties like protesting or demonstrating. That is a problem that we've run into um, in the newsroom with uh, news outlets like Associated Press, which will refer to everything that's happening in these cities as protest or demonstrators. And oftentimes that's why I think people end up having an anti-police mentality is because they heard on a news story or they read in a newspaper somewhere running AP material that police were cracking down on protesters. It puts the image in somebody's mind that the man or woman with a picket sign saying, you know, I can't breathe or whatever it is, is being shot with tear gas or rubber bullets or whatnot. More than... More, you know, 99.9% of the time, that's not the person that the police officer had an encounter with. It's the person dressed as an Antifa, uh, you know, member with black and leather and helmets and all this, you know, face mask and all this other stuff that's trying to destroy someone's property or harm somebody's life. That is the problem that Governor DeSantis and sheriff's deputies want to uh, end. And we'll see whether or not this bill does that. Much of this is outside agitators. Yeah. And we've seen this in... We've seen it this week in Minneapolis where the city officials have said, hey, these mm-hmm. these people are not from here. Yeah. Um, and even the locals are saying it too. And, you know, if I'm a local and I'm out there and things start going south, I, I'm, I'm getting out of there. Yeah. Sure. And, and you know, if, if locals and the people who are being peaceful will leave when things start getting violent, that will really narrow down who's there, and we'll be able to see who the agitators are. Well, Maxine Waters, outside agitator. I mean, Democrat from California going to Minneapolis uh, to speak out against things or Brooklyn Center, which is a suburb of the area. I mean, I don't want my representative to go to Chicago to speak about, you know, out of respect for that representative and his or her jurisdiction. Just yeah. like I don't want uh, somebody from Chicago coming down here and trying to tell me how to live and operate in, you know, northeast Mississippi. Yeah, well, the, the the Democrats in their local districts they have their own problems to deal with. You're right, <laughs> they're a little they busy. Don't, they don't need to go to Minnesota and try to tell them how to run their state, yeah, run their city. Well, speaking of representatives, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but Democrats today are going to reintroduce this Green New Deal that we've heard a, a lot about over the last couple of years uh, since Democrats took over control of the House. Uh, but today they're apparently going to reintroduce it. This is a bill uh, that seeks to change how we live and work and operate. Um, so at some point they really want us to transition completely away from fossil fuels and use 
uh, alternative energy sources and things like that to power our cars and our homes and businesses. Uh, obviously, that is a big deal. And I think not enough people, I don't think, pay attention to this. It's kind of a wonky in the weeds, a lot of math kind of story. But basically, if we just completely upturn the apple cart and try to turn it back over and put a new brand of apples in it, it's going to be really expensive. It's going to be a big headache for everybody and their brother, including the Democrats who want to get this done. So, um, I mean, I, I don't know that we cover that enough as a yeah. society news-wise. Well, w- what we see here is, number one, the, the idea that ma- there's man-made climate change or man-made global warming, mm-hmm. um, that really is, is not settled science. That's still debated by many. Um, so that's point number one. So that's the whole premise mm-hmm. of the, these, this legislation and the entire the Al Gore narrative that the world is burning, or the the oceans are rising, mm-hmm. even though many of these people buy uh, multi million dollar oceanfront properties, including President <laughs> Obama. Yeah, and uh, and they fly their private mm-hmm. jets. So I, I'm not I don't even buy the premise that that me driving my truck to work is making the ozone layer disappear. I don't even buy that narrative, and the science is is disputed on that. Mm-hmm. So that's point number one. But point number two is Ray. The, the most egregious climate um, bad actors, if you will, are other countries like China, Russia, North Korea, Iran, India. India. I mean, the, these countries have no regard for the environment mm-hmm. and having clean water and clean air. Look, the most polluted cities in the world are not in the U.S. We have our share of problems, but they are not in the U.S. <clears throat> the most polluted cities in the world are... For a large part, they're in China, and then secondarily, they're in India. I mean, I have been to Beijing when the smog was so bad, and it's unbelievable from an American point of view to go to Beijing, and you, and on what should be a nice day, you go outside, and you cannot see one block in front of you because the, the great cloud of pollution has, has settled on that terrifically huge city, and the Chinese government gets away with it because it's a totalitarian society and nobody's going to stop them. So yeah. um, the, the, the worst of the problems is not here. It's in other countries. Yeah, and that's what, that's what many people had. In, that's why many people had an issue with like the Paris Climate Accord mm-hmm. and all these different treaties and agreements that were entered into or were entered into under the Obama administration is, you know, it had, it, it had an immediate effect. It went into effect immediately on the U.S., but... Uh, countries like China, mm-hmm. they weren't set to start their initiative until 2035. Right. And so here we right. are basically crushing crushing our own economy through government regulations in the name of climate change. Right. And China is over here saying, yeah, we'll start in about 20 years after you have already destroyed your economy. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and we already right. take significant steps to uh, curb emissions or make sure well, that we have quality the, is we good. We have the, you can look at it two ways. We have the strictest regulations or some would say the highest standards in the right. world on on making sure what we're doing is is not mm-hmm. bad for the environment. Yeah, China's like, eh, we need it. Yeah, I mean, I was even looking, Ray, at this. I think we covered this story a few months ago, maybe not even on TI, but about how I was reading about how how much cleaner our water is now than back like 50 or 60 years sure. ago or longer where there was no regulations on dumping waste you could just dump it anywhere. But now the, we have like the cleanest waters in, on the planet because of our environmental standards. 
We've got strict standards, and we're glad for that. We're in favor of clean water. We hate what happened up in Flint, Michigan mm-hmm. with the pollution up there. But they're going to pay the price for that, too. So, um, look, America, with, our, with whatever problems we have, and we've got our share of problems, cleanest water, cleanest air this nation has ever had. Yeah, so true. All right, today's issues, American Family Radio, first segment down. Don't forget to check out our website, AFR.net. If you want to listen on the app, if you leave a radio signal, you can always do that. And we'll be back after the break with more news of the day. Next time on Today's Issues, our guest will be Abraham Hamilton III of the Hamilton Corner. All kind of things percolated over the weekend, but praise God, we are here where we remind you that what goes on in your house is still more important than what goes on in the White House. We'll also have news headlines and analysis from American Family News. Don't miss the next Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox. My hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. We invite you to visit Liberty University. Whether you want to explore for a few hours or for a few days, you'll find a visiting opportunity to fit your schedule. Plan a visit to our Central Virginia campus and stay for an afternoon, a day, or an entire weekend. Or check out campus landmarks from the comfort of your home through our virtual experience. Plan your perfect visit by texting VISIT to 49596. Again, that's VISIT to 49596. The city of Minneapolis looks like London before the Blitzkrieg. Storefronts are boarded up, neighborhoods under armed guard, and those who have the means have already left town. A major city terrified, Maxine Waters is going to make good on her promise to incite violence in the streets. In essence, Waters told jurors that unless they find Officer Derek Chauvin guilty of murder, the city will burn. Judge Peter Cahill condemned the California congresswoman, saying her comments could be grounds for appealing the verdict, says her remarks were abhorrent and disrespectful to the rule of law. The mayor of Minneapolis also weighed in, saying that in his mind, the police officer is guilty as charged. The only question now is whether the jury will follow the evidence or capitulate to the threats. Either way, we cannot and we must not ever become a nation that succumbs to mob rule. I'm Todd Starnes. Thank you for listening to American Family Radio. Here's a thought from Scripture. 
keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Welcome back to today's issues on American Family Radio Network. I'm Walker Wildman sitting in for my dad, Tim Wildman. And we have Ray Pritchard from Kansas City joining us along with Chris Woodward. And on the line, we have with us each week around this time, Sandy Rios, host of Sandy Rios in the Morning. Sandy, welcome to Today's Issues. Thank you, Walker. Great to be with you guys. Are you calmer today without your dad? Absolutely. More we're cool. Back? We're easy. No, <laughs> All good news out of, out of the U.S. of A. Uh, no, we're, we're, we're touching base. Uh, we're, we're talking about, we talked extensively in the first segment about mm-hmm. This uh, Chauvin, Officer Chauvin, George Floyd case being uh, really being deliberated with, within the jury now. Uh, we could have an announcement on that, Sandy, in the coming days, pretty much by the end of the week is what everyone agrees on. Um, but we want I wanted to pitch this to Chris and, and tee up. We've got a clip from mm-hmm. the judge yesterday commenting on the Maxine Waters statement and so on and so forth. Yeah. In this particular instance, uh, the judge uh, talked about media reports, about the trial that the uh, jurors might have seen, and then he launched a, a broadside of sort, broadside against elected officials that disrespect the rule of law. Clip 10. I'm aware of the media reports. I'm aware that Congresswoman Waters was talking specifically about this trial and about the unacceptability of uh, anything less than a murder conviction and talk about being confrontational, but you can submit the press articles about that. This goes back to what I've been saying from the beginning. I wish elected officials would stop talking about this case, especially in a manner that is disrespectful to the rule of law and to the judicial branch and our function. I think if they want to give their opinions, they should do so in a respectful and in a manner that is consistent with their oath to the Constitution to respect a co-equal branch of government. Their failure to do so, I think, is abhorrent. Well, there you have it, Sandy. Sandy, this is this is shocking. Well, not really for the Democrats, but for for your average person, it is that the Congresswoman Maxine Waters travels over to Minnesota and basically pours gasoline on what is an already tense situation there in Minnesota. What's what's your thoughts? Well, Maxine Waters is a radical. She's a radical leftist affiliated with the Black Panthers. She has a long history of uh, of t- causing trouble. She was the one who loved Fidel Castro, went to Cuba all the time. Uh, I don't know how these people got in Congress, but you can see this didn't happen yesterday. She's been serving in Congress for years. So this degeneration, this atrophy of a Congress, a body of Congress that we can be proud of and trust. Uh, to hand over the, the care of our government to make good decisions, eroded a long time ago. We did not get to this place just yesterday. And Maxine Waters is uh, as bad as any of them. She is corrupt in every way. Uh, she, you know, we've got tapes of her back of the Rodney King in, what, 1991? Uh, she's uh, ranting at protesters that there's, I don't know exact words, but she's, you know, inciting them at that time, too. This is not new for her. Uh, she did, what, the same thing when... Conservatives are being harassed 
in restaurants and attacked and run out. Uh, she was saying we should do more of it. Make them miserable. Don't let them have any peace. This is Maxine Waters. How did she get in that position? She was elected by the people of California. You know, Sandy, it seems to me one of the problems here is that the system has gone so far awry, so far away from what it was supposed to be, what it used to be not that many years ago. Clearly, in my mind, she does what she does because she knows she can get away with it because she's gotten away with it before. She knows Pelosi's going to give her a pass. Chuck Schumer's going to give her a pass. Nobody in the national Democrat leadership is going to do anything about it. Why isn't she in jail already for fomenting insurrection and violence? Uh, how can that even be legal, what she did when she went to me? How come she gets away with it, or why doesn't somebody do something about it? Well, the whole business of extorting uh, white America by black radical activists is not new, right? You, I think you remember Chicago, because we both right. are from Chicago. Yes. At least our, our paths intersected in Chicago. Right. Jesse Jackson, many years ago, was extorting uh, the beer companies uh, to, uh, if they didn't hire his friends and family or give lots of money, right? Uh, they would come and discredit. They would, uh, they would uh, march in front of their businesses. They would harm their businesses. This is going on. This right. is kind of the modus operandi. It's like criminal acts. It's uh, and you can't. The, the Chicago, I'm using Chicago again. Chicago press never would c- criticize Jesse Jackson. You don't dare criticize a black man. I mean, it's it's got it, it started being ridiculous a long time ago, as though black men could not be wrong. White men were all wrong. Black men were all right. Hmm. It was happening a long time ago, Ray. Yeah. So this is really not new. She could do anything she wants, except now really she can. Even courts are not going to bring justice to people of color right now. They're just not going to do it. There may be some pockets of that, but I don't see it in the near future because the system is broken. All the systems are broken. Sandy, you know, when we look at, at, at Maxine Waters, at Al Sharpton, at this uh, attorney for uh, the, the family in uh, Brooklyn Center, um, which this is not, not, the, not the George Floyd case. Mm-hmm. This is a separate incident that happened in recent weeks. But that same attorney, his last name's Crump, has been traveling the country basically getting rich off of tragedies uh, and, and, and exploiting yes. families. Well, we had, we saw a story, and I, I'm getting to an end point here. We saw a story last week where Brianna Taylor's mom, this is the case over on the East Coast, I think it was in South Carolina. Brianna Taylor's, I'm sorry, it was in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It was in Louisville, Kentucky. Brianna Taylor was, a, was shot uh, during a search warrant. She was with a criminal in, a, in her home. Uh, a criminal was in bed with her, and she was accidentally shot during the search warrant. So... We can. That's a whole separate topic. We can get into that case. But basically, Brianna Taylor's mom, she said publicly, and she's furious, that Black Lives Matter Inc., the organization, came into Kentucky, raised millions off of her daughter's death, and then the the Brianna Taylor's family didn't get any of it. And that just shows that people like Maxine Waters, Al Sharpton, and others, they're not even in this for justice or what they view as justice. They're in this for the money. Did you guys see the, the photo of Al Sharpton? He, he tweeted this out. This happened this morning. I saw it. Uh, he was on his way to Minnesota to be there for the Derek Chauvin tri- trial to whip up the crowd, which is what he does best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the video is a, a camera behind him as he's 
with his really nice overcoat and his suit, he's walking to his private plane. I saw that. He's walking to his <laughs> private plane. You know, it's such a hard thing to be a black man like Al Sharpton in the United States and fly to, you know, this desperate situation in Minnesota. It is so perverted. It is so upside down. You know, and the thing we have to say uh, that I always say, because I've lived this, this is, it is... <sighs> It is ridiculous to think that people are absolved by their color and they are guilty by their color. Men are the same. God looks on the heart. Man looks on the outside. And the, the hearts of men are, we are naturally wicked, every one of us. That's our natural state. It's only by God's grace that we are saved and we become something that we are not naturally, which is kind and just. Uh, and so for those people that have gone through that transformation, they are kind and just, uh, but for the rest of them of any color, they are corrupt and lost and sinful. And so it has nothing to do with color. It never did. And we have to preach that. That We have, look, we've got so many fine black Americans. I saw a video this morning, this black out-of-control jerk on the streets of D.C. just coming up to these National Guardsmen, and they're not armed, and he starts screaming obscenities at them, and then he starts pushing them. Well, this other black gentleman on the street comes up and says, beat me, miss, take me on. Come on, take me on. You want to fight? Take me on. And he's, he's doing that. Meanwhile, another guy, another black guy comes and grabs, this guy's great big, grabs him and pulls him away. He says, you are the reason we're in this mess. Stop yeah. this right now. Yeah, so I, that, we have to shout from the housetops, look, our black brothers and sisters are in a terrible position. They're in a terrible yeah. position. Well, to, because of, to, to your point, Sandy, the, 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 the left and the, the Democrat Party apparatus, which for the most part is actually a bunch of white people, they claim to be the champions of civil rights and the champions and, uh, of black voices. But in reality, they're not. They're not. Because when you talk to these local communities, they don't believe in this garbage, this Marxist ideology that wants to defund the police. They're not buying it. And when you run surveys, minority neighborhoods, they want the police there. To protect their businesses and their private property, um, and we see. I mean, this is this is a shame. This is a shame, and really, it, it it just all of America, to your point, Sandy, should have their eyes opened to what the Democrat Party is doing here. What they're doing is they want to divide, because America. The, the, if you watch the, the the major news media or you watch the press conference out by Pelosi and Maxine Waters. You would think that America is still in the days of the KKK. Yeah, you would really. think that we have made no progress since the 1960s, when in reality, that's not true. America has made great progress, but the left don't, doesn't want to make progress. They want to keep us back in, in the 1960s and keep everybody divided. You know, I, I remember being um, at a, one of the museums in D.C. and sitting outside one of the, one of the venues— and the school kids were there. I think I can't remember. It was probably one of the Smithsonian museums. I was sitting outside at a picnic table just taking a break. And all of these kids burst through the doors. And they were, they were like junior high kids. And they were having such a good time. And the thing that I noticed was they didn't sit at black tables. And the white did not sit at white tables and the brown at brown tables. They were a mix. They were all together laughing. And you had every color. And they had they forgot that for some reason. They didn't get the message that they're supposed to hate each other. And uh, so I really think that's reflective of America. If it hadn't been for Barack Obama coming up and stirring up 
uh, the past, and the past was something we are. We're not proud of that. We did a war over it. We lost millions of people yeah. because of that war. Uh, we fought that war. We we settled it, and we've been trying to correct it ever since. Yeah. Uh, there's just no need to go back and rub the sore again, but that's what they've been doing. And so I don't know if that's true in public schools now. I really don't know if kids are still not knowing that they're different colors. Mm. Good point, Sandy. Hey, Sandy, uh, tomorrow your show, 7 a.m. Central um, uh, American Family Radio. What are you going to be talking about? Now, tomorrow morning I'm doing uh, just about the entire show on the aftermath of January 6th. I'm going to bring people up to speed about what the Justice Department has been doing, about people that are languishing in jails, uh, just the the FBI and their inordinate uh, uh, all-out assault on patriots that they want to call insurrectionists. And so we'll talk about that tomorrow. It should be, should be interesting. Yeah, good deal. Thanks, Sandy, for coming on. Okay, my pleasure. Talk to you guys soon. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks. Uh, the, the, Ray, the story I was talking about out of Louisville <clears throat> is uh, I, I just had our – I just sent it over to our producer, Brent, to post on Facebook. It's a New York Post story about the uh, – uh, Breonna Taylor's mom actually put out a Facebook post. I think she's taken it down since but where she calls the BLM, the Black Lives Matter organization in Louisville, she calls them a fraud because wow. because they don't know Breonna Taylor. They didn't know Breonna Taylor. They don't know her mom. They haven't worked with her. And they're raising all this money from these corporations, and, and they're not even, not even working in the best interest of Breonna Taylor's family. Really, they, they came in to what was, let's face it, a tragic, yeah. a, a, a tragic thing that happened that you could think to yourself a lot of different ways you wish that had gone down and not that way, okay? But then you have the BLM coming in and doing what? Getting publicity, sending out press releases, making speeches, and raising millions of dollars and doing nothing for her family. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, do not blame, I do not blame her mom for being outraged. Yeah, outraged any, anytime, anytime outside, outside – well, really, anyone who tries to stir up hate and division, we need to really look at their motives and, and what they're there for, and whether we're going to listen to them on a public, on a public scale or on a wide, widespread scale or not in the public eye. Chris, what's uh, other? What's what else is leading in the news? Well, this is something I've been following a lot uh, this year, and presumably uh, will continue to do so because a lot of states are wanting to go in this direction. Oklahoma has joined the list of states that want to bar biological males from competing in female sports. Here in Mississippi, our governor signed a bill into law. We had State Senator Angela Hill on to talk about that. Arkansas has gone in that direction. Uh, Idaho went in that direction before other states. Uh, now you have Pennsylvania lawmakers wanting to go that route and things like that. So Oklahoma has joined the list of states or it's wanting to join the list of states that want to bar biological males from competing in female sports, despite warnings from the NCAA that this is going to cost you athletic events in your state if you go ahead and enact this legislation. Uh, we talked a lot about Alliance Defending Freedom yesterday. They are actively involved in cases like this. So I have some sound here from Matt Sharp, senior counsel at Alliance Defending Freedom, on NCAA statements or threats about all this stuff that I've just mentioned. Clip 11. Ultimately, it is up to the states to decide what is best for their girls and female athletes, and not the NCAA. Uh, and we would hope the NCAA would, as we've seen in other instances, uh, really be a leader in protecting women's sports rather than 
statements like this that um, in some regards seem to undermine opportunities for women. Um, and so that's why we continue to stand with the numerous states, legislators, female athletes, and others across the country that are standing for true fairness in women's sports. Um, and we don't think the NCAA should ultimately be dictating what state laws on all of this. That's the, the job of state legislatures who represent the girls and female athletes in their states. i got to tell you, it's very interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what the NCAA does because we're approaching – the postseason for college baseball and some of the top programs uh, in college baseball at the moment are in states that have passed bills that bar biological males from competing in female sports. So it will be interesting to see if the NCAA tells an Arkansas or a Vanderbilt, a Mississippi State, or, uh, Ole Miss, somebody, you can't host a, uh, a regional in your state because we don't like what your governor said or did. Well, can yeah. you imagine if, the, if they did that for Arkansas? I mean, they're, what, number one, number two, yeah, number three? Yeah, one of the best. They beat my team. Yeah, they're one yeah. of the best. They're one of the best in the country. Can you imagine them saying, well, you can't host a regional in Arkansas because of mm-hmm. what the legislature did? I think what we need is another hand. We've, we've got a good handful of states that have passed these laws. We need another good handful to join them. That's how you defeat the NCAA. One state really can't do anything. Ten or 15 states together, mm-hmm. uh, the NCAA would have to back down. Yeah, and that's what that's why I was so disappointed in Christy Noem out of South South Dakota. She she claimed, you know, the bill wasn't good, wasn't well written. That was her first claim, and she really didn't have any evidence to back that up. And the second claim was, well, you know, I'm going to form a coalition of states to fight back against the NCAA. Well, what better way to form that coalition to your point, right. Ray, than to right. pass multiple bills across the country where that's the NCAA right. has to basically discriminate against 15 to 20 states. I mean, that's the coalition you need. South Dakota by itself can't do anything. But you put South Dakota with Alaska, Mississippi, and Wyoming, and, you know, North Carolina or whatever, Mm -hmm. you get 15 to 20 states passing these laws and guarantee that big organization, they will back down. Pennsylvania, I think, is going to be the one to really watch you have a republican legislature and you have a democratic governor who's already gone on record as saying he's not going to support this legislation do they have enough votes to override that if they get that far remains to be seen but if they could get it in a purple state it would be very right. interesting to see right. what the uh, ncaa would do yeah and and the ncaa that you know this would probably probably make a great lawsuit and this is kind of what yeah. brought this topic up you know the NCAA, basically, you have member universities, member organizations, mm-hmm. entities. And by the way, the NCAA is a nonprofit. And what the NCAA is basically saying so here cold. is, hey, we're going to we're going to discriminate against certain universities, certain members of our association, right. Mm-hmm. Right. based on what their state legislature did. The universities have no role in, this, in these laws. Absolutely no role. This is a law passed right. by the legislature, signed by the governor, University is not responsible in any form. By the way, I think the laws are good laws, um, but they're they're trying to, Ray. They're trying to punitively punish the these universities. Uh, and and you, if you do this, Ray, if they apply this standard, there's going to be many states where they're not going to be able to travel. Well, that's exactly right, and the NCAA knows that. This is a losing proposition for them because you know people people discuss this transgender issue. And they suddenly don't know what to think about. But almost everybody agrees the common sense thing, girl sports are for girls, right? 
if you're not a girl, you should, and it doesn't matter how you identify, if you're biologically not a girl, you shouldn't be playing basketball mm-hmm. with the girls. You shouldn't be doing the high hurdles or the uh, running down the track with the girls. You just shouldn't. Most people, even people not, quote, religious, they understand this is a common oh, sure. sense. This is, this is a, a battle we can win. Yeah, yeah, there are people that don't uh, join AFA petitions on issues uh, that are concerned about this. Uh, right. Heritage Foundation has invited people over, uh, you know, uh, gays and lesbians, members of the LGBT community that are involved in athletes that have an issue with this uh, kind of stuff uh, that's going on. Uh, Connecticut was really kind of ground zero for this, where you had biological males competing against three or four female athletes that lost scholarship opportunities and titles and awards and things like that. Uh, based on what ADF attorneys have called a physiological advantage that biological males have over women in things like track and field. I know when I talked about this the last time I was on here filling in for Fred, somebody brought up, um, you know, what about Billie Jean King? She beat a guy back in the 70s during the the Battle of the Sexes. Ray, do you remember that? Oh, yeah, Riggs. Right. Now, a lot of the sporting events that we – that we're talking about in this particular instance are track and field events or wrestling or basketball things where men clearly have a physiological advantage over their competitor versus a sport like tennis. I don't know that the NCAA will make a differentiation. Well, I always tell right people use. I always tell people that bring that hypothetical up. If, if we want co-ed sports, let's do co-ed sports. But don't right, claim right. it's 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 men's basketball when you have a women playing <laughs> and sure. vice versa. So you have co-ed sports and that's fine if if boys and girls want to compete against each other in certain sports. Uh, but don't claim it as a as a women's sport. But you have male men out there. Yeah, it's. Uh, I tell you, I mean, really, not a not a day or a week goes by where I'm not calling somebody these days about a state wanting to go down this road or somebody's upset with Chrissy Nome. Yeah, and if if folks want to want to read more on this topic or watch more on this topic, we just produced uh, back in the fall of 2020. We produced a great documentary video uh, called "In His Image: Delighting in God's Plan for Human Sexuality." You can go to inhisimage.movie, inhisimage.movie, and you can actually watch it for free there, or you can order a DVD. Um, and this goes through, uh, Ray, you've, I know you've watched it. The right. In His Image goes through at least four testimonies of people who struggled with their, their sexual identity, their sexual orientation, and God came in and completely transformed their life. Look, this In His Image is fantastic, and I have seen it. It's It's beautiful. It's compassionate, it's thoughtful, and it is very, very biblical. It, I don't know, guys, I don't know even anything out there to compare to it. It's the best thing I have seen. We, we completely recommend it to all of our listeners. In His Image, which did you, is it in his image dot movie, right? You got it. You okay. got it. And, and you know, Ray, a couple of years ago, this goes back three years ago, we, we sat down and we, we, we noticed, our team noticed that, that, this issue wasn't being addressed in in a comprehensive way. We were doing kind of drive by drive bys when it comes right. to addressing it. Um, and so, to your point, this there's nothing else out there like it. It's it's all from a biblical perspective, and it really it really emphasizes mm-hmm. the the truth that that our lives can be restored by through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Which really, Ray, this and Chris, this applies to not just human sexuality the idea the truth that that god can change our lives that he can redeem our lives and bring us out of bondage and slavery to sin 
and, and give us a new life, Ray, that that changes the game when it comes to all these sin issues we talk about here on the air. This week uh, in the in the evenings, I'm teaching the book of Galatians by Zoom to a Bible institute in South Korea. So it's evening here, but it's in the morning in South Korea. And, and last night we just got started on the book of Galatians, which in the book of Galatians, and chapter one is about Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus. And there, there's no story more dramatic than the story of of Saul of Tarsus, and he becomes Paul the great apostle. And I told the young people what I just want to say here. Christianity, above everything else, it's not an organization. It's not a religion. Uh, Christianity uh, is the movement of God that says conversion is possible. Hmm. Christianity is a religion, if you will, supremely of conversion. We say to the whole world, no matter where you are or what you are, who you are, you don't have to stay that way. It's the glory of the gospel that you can go from death to life, from darkness to light, mm. to being confused, to standing on the solid rock of God's truth. That's really, if if you watch the In His Image mm-hmm. uh, presentation, that's the whole basis of it, that we're not saying join the church, sign here, walk an aisle or something like that. What we're saying is when you come to Jesus Christ, there is real change possible from the inside out. And I know, Walker, there's a lot of people think that's not possible. Mm. And we just want to say what the Gospel of John says, come and see. Yeah. Just come and see for yourself. Because when you come to Jesus, you will be changed from the inside out by the power of of the life-saving gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I tell you, this is, I think, all the more reason to make sure that we continue to uh, get the support we need to do things as a entire ministry because there's we cover a lot in news, but there's only so much I can do in 90 seconds. Yeah. So we need a talk right. network, well, we need film projects. To your point, right. Chris, what's, what's great about the work of AFA and AFR is we're not just covering negative bad news. We're doing something about it. Amen. I mean, we're we're bringing the hope of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ to people all across the country uh, for those who, who will believe. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. All right, today's issues, American Family Radio, first hour down. We have another segment left after the news with Steve Jordahl. We'll be back in a few minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.